0: We have a very distinguished audience here today, and uh, it's wonderful to see everybody networking and getting to know each other, because I'm sure you'd all agree that we care deeply about our country and we want to keep moving it forward. And so today we're going to talk about a lot of things. The state of our country, the state in many uh, respects, the world. And we also want to talk about a person named Conrad Black. And we're delighted that Lord Black is with us. And uh, this is gonna be uh, quite a far-reaching conversation, isn't it, Conrad?
1: that's up to you, Dan. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've known each other, and we consider not only Conrad Black a friend of Frontier, but also a friend personally. So I really do appreciate that friendship.
2: A clear path forward requires looking back and learning. Good public policy requires human connection, It's a consideration of the facts, applying common sense, and innovation. It's urban. It's rural. It's real life. We all have something to contribute. We all have a responsibility to get informed, because there's a little piece of Canada in all of us, isn't there? Let's learn on this path together.
0: This is Leaders on the Frontier. At Frontier, we'd say there's a cardinal principle that we should be doing, and that would be to fund parents in the case of minors or children, or fund the student. Don't fund bureaucracies. Quite right. Empower people to make their choice in education. Do you, so do you like that? Yeah, Have and, and
1: furthermore, the role of the administrator, both in the schools and in the universities, if you look back at the, you know, you remember the widespread demonstrations in the American universities in the 60s and things, uh, the, the administration just scurried un, un, under the behind the cloak of the radical students and the radical professors. They didn't actually administer anything. They folded like a three dollar suitcase. The one who didn't was that guy Hayakawa in San Francisco and they elected him a U.S. Senator, if you recall. Uh, and, uh, and that was one of the reasons why uh, President, or then Governor Reagan became so popular. Remember, he, he had the main square, at the University of California at Berkeley cleared by the National Guard and uh, when he I remember he arrived at a trustees meeting, and there were huge demonstrations, a double line of state policemen holding them back with their arms locked. And he went along and shook hands with every policeman. And uh, when he went in, he said uh, to the bunch, a little like this uh, you, it's on YouTube, you probably a lot of you have seen it or remember it. He said, uh, I'm sorry I'm late. There were a lot of demonstrations. I saw a lot of signs saying, make love, not war, and they were held up by people that I didn't think could do either.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you knew Ronald Reagan. Yes. And he was a great president in many ways. Yeah, a great president. And as I recall, he said, um, we're only one generation away from losing the vision of freedom. Yeah. So education is important. Of course so it, it does important. matter how you answer the question, what is a woman? Is it important?
1: Yes, And, and the, the idea that there's a Supreme Court justice who is in fact a woman and who can't answer the question is not a very flattering reflection on current standards. I mean, I'm not saying she's an incompetent justice. And, uh, but she didn't give a truthful answer. Okay. She could say what a woman was, she just didn't choose to do it.
0: So what is going on? What, why, like there's so many people we talk to that are <coughs> frankly confused. I mean, you can't answer a basic question about gender. The DNA? Yeah. You know, well,
1: it's all, isn't it the lack of confidence of the sort of leadership group? So if no one is prepared to say this is bunk and we're not putting up with it anymore, then people, it's like it's like misbehaving children. If you don't, I mean, look, I'm no, mm-hmm. I was a complete shower as a father, as a disciplinarian. I never told them when to go to bed or anything, but but I, but they, they didn't burn my house down or anything or start yeah. throwing dishes or anything. Right. But, but it, it, you know, but if 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 people are sort of getting out of control, whether they're children or just childish minds. Um, if if there's no one to say at a certain point this has got to stop then they'll, they'll they there will it won't stop right. there'll be no end to it yeah. and that's what that's what we're getting into here i mean people are afraid to take any position about anything nobody makes any sense oh it, you know i mean for some reason i may be unfair here but I, let me put this out to you um, on that tr- truckers demonstration last year when i saw justin saying on the French television. Uh, they're hundreds of miles from Ottawa. He said, "They're they're homophobes, misogynists. Uh, I mean, what is he talking about? He didn't know who they were. He didn't know anything about them. And, is it, and none of them were that anyway, you know, as far as we know. But if if, if this is what we're going to get, the, nobody is setting an example of you know calling it straight and putting it simply. But that uh, but that's what you need. And I I think there's a, a tremendous Ambition to hear that. I don't mean a- uncaring or excessively autocratic leadership. I mean plain speaking and, and and dealing in facts. That's what people want. They're ready for it. They're not. They haven't. They haven't had it for quite a while right on. in this country.
0: Truth matters, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, they, I, I, they. The, The alternative to that doesn't bear thinking about Of course it it has to matter. If it doesn't, nothing does.
0: But this is profound. You've had a front row seat for years on the attack on basic truths and evidence, including the attacks on freedom of speech. And without that freedom, what do you have left?
1: Well, it's a severely stunted society of fearful and ignorant people. Tyrannized, partly by themselves and partly by leaders who exploit them and exploit their fear, and incite their fear. Now we haven't got to that point. I mean, here we are saying things that are deeply disrespectful of the government, and policemen are, are charging in and grabbing us by the collar and leading us out and throwing us in paddy wagons. But you know, it's a free country. We okay, can say but, what we want. Let's pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't mean actually. <laughs> and and replicated.
0: <laughs> when you look at your story of being indicted on by pro- prosecutors in the state of Illinois, Chicago, years ago, you went through an awful lot. It's mm. unbelievable, and uh, it's incredible. I think all those um, charges were dropped, with the exception of one. What happened? <clears throat>
1: Um these people haven't come here to hear a long, and believe me, it could be a very long, uh, dissertation for me on that unfortunate episode, but in summary, um, I had a business associate who had misled us all about an acquisition from our company, from our public company, and he he was pretending that it wasn't actually by him when it was. This came to light later and went. An activist shareholder complained about the compensation levels. Uh, he didn't say that there was anything any law-breaking, He just said the compensation levels are too high, though they were right on the you know right on the line level with other companies in our industry of our size. Um, they the, the, uh, they asked for what's called in the U.S. A special committee. Well, I thought that's fine. We've got nothing to hide. You're going to have your special committee. And the special committee unearthed what this guy had done. And then he made his deal with the prosecutors saying, I can give you the in the way the American plea bargain system works, which every prosecutors would be disbarred for in this country. But he said, I'll get you the big fish if you give me the soft sentences. So they, they, this is what they went after. So he denounced me. And in order to denounce me, he had to denounce our VP legal uh, VP finance and the company secretary, because they, were, so they would be involved in my supposed wrongdoing. And this was a complete fiction. The Americans throw all the spaghetti at the wall, so I was charged with racketeering. I mean, r- racketeering, give me a break. Uh, money laundering, uh, all sorts of things like this. And 17 counts, four were withdrawn. Nine were acquitted by the most unsolomonic group of jurors you could find. So there were four convictions which were unanimously, that is to say eight justices, one recused, the former Solicitor General couldn't vote. So, but those who could vote unanimously vacated the four counts. Uh-huh. The President gave it to White House Counsel Pat Cipollone and Dershowitz went on my behalf and met with him. And They went right through it and the White House... Legal office said that their recommendation in the United States you have a pardon of mercy or a pardon of what 's called expungement if it 's mercy they don 't comment on the sense they say enough is enough let the let let, let you know it's you know it's it 's sufficient but in its, the the effect of the other kind is to take the position that it would be better, and as far as the government of the US is concerned, it is the case that the charges were never laid, and that's what was recommended, and that's what the President gave me.
0: Part of this dynamic through that was, it's its unbelievable, you served some time in prison, and you, you were alluding to that before in our conversation. It's quite remarkable about tutoring inmates. Can you tell us about what you did?
1: I, I have to say that when and, and I, the Bureau of Prisons of the United States is one of the most contemptible organizations in the world and at the time I was a, a guest of their attentions they they changed the directors each year for corruption they're, they're all you know they order all this stuff in to feed the prison population they all take kickbacks it's an absolute outrage what goes on but um uh, I have to give them this, they set up the program I mentioned earlier. If you hadn't graduated from high school, they had examinations every month and you were supposed to try to get through. And the inmates, for the most part, thought this was just another racket of this awful corrupt system. So they weren't going to cooperate with it. So because one of my books was in the library, the director of the whole thing said, all right, why don't we have some tutors? For the ones who who don't pass, We'll get some tutors. And he asked me to do, to set this up. So I recruited a, I mean, I I could do the humanities part. And and the Haitians, they could take it in French, so I could deal with them too. But the uh, mathematics, I I, I wasn't competent to do that. But I recruited a guy who had been head of mathematics at a large high school in Little Rock, Arkansas, and a very successful commodities trader. And really, really was a great mathematician. He had tax problems, that's why he was there. And the, <laughs> the and for the sciences, uh, I got uh, the former commander of the torpedo room of a nuclear submarine, and and he was a graduate of the U.S. Navy School of Atomic Propulsion, uh, and 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 he had he was one of these geniuses on the internet, and he was accused of. Hacking people's credit card accounts and things—he denies it. And I, about, at least 20 percent of the people there were no more guilty than I was. So he may have been innocent. I don't know anything about that, but he sure knew science. So if I may say it, we were all pretty well qualified for what we were doing. And um, with this, they all came around. They all—there's yeah, nothing wrong with their intelligence. There were, with only one or two exceptions, there was nothing wrong with them. They were good
0: guys. So what were your educational results as a teacher?
1: Uh, well, some of them had to take it more than once, but, but I had 204. All 204 of my lads passed, every one. And, and, I, and furthermore, I don't want to be too self-regarding uh, here, but needless to say, the BOP didn't have any information about universities. So I had my office send me s- some manuals and correspondence courses in universities. And I got 10 of my guys started, And they all graduated eventually, including, uh, in fact, all but one or two of them started when they were confined and graduated on the campuses. Wow. Uh, So,
0: Unbelievable. uh, May I just
1: say one more thing? Thank thank you very much. In fairness to the Bureau, I want to say this. They set up a graduation day, and I am not, frankly, a terribly emotional guy. But that was a a very moving experience, and and these families, I mean, these guys had never been, you know, they all were from broken homes and you know disadvantaged circumstances, equal, approximately equal numbers of African Americans, white Americans, and Latin Americans and Hispanics, and uh, they'd never been told in their whole lives, you know, well done, congratulations, about anything, and their families came or their girlfriends or whatever, and. They were. They were. It was like a normal graduation. They were proud. They were happy, and it. It was. It was. A, it. I have to say, it was a heartwarming experience. and It gave me. I must confess this. A. A much more respectful view of the teaching profession. Because I could see how terribly important it is. Not that I. What I did was important, but how terribly important it is on a, on a society level that, that people be. Uh, brought forward and and taught how to learn and how to want to learn, and become talented at something.
0: Well said. If we could talk about the media, the state... Do we really want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, tell tell you what, what should we do with the CBC?
1: Uh, 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 Fire the entire administration, all of them, everybody. Uh, wow. I, I, a cascade of applause I, I, through the room. Like I actually, especially in this country where, where we have uh, a much larger neighbor whose media is accessible to us and Canadians watch it, I believe in the concept of a public broadcaster. And, but, uh, and I don't agree with Pierre Poilievre on defunding them. I'd fund them more, but I would require a professional performance that was absolutely exemplary. And, and I would not have the French network just an outlet for separatist propaganda, which is what it's been for the last 40 years, and, and I would not have the English network just essentially a, a, a shilling job for the NDP. And, and, uh, and also the, the denigration of anything in the world that is going on that actually should be approved of. You know? And it, it's, such, it's a nasty, malicious, the CBC is even worse than the rest of the media in this regard, I believe. A nasty, malicious collection of job-protected people, we are all in licensed psychiatrists, I'm gonna take slight liberties here, who are inflicting upon the dwindling number of people who listen to them or watch them the terrible complexes created by their own shortcomings. They're basically psychologically maladjusted people, most of them.
0: Wow. Well, now now that we're clear about the CBC, um, let's talk about the... T- I, I want to
1: say my very best friend is, is a man who spent decades in the CBC and is a very fine man and a great professional. And you would all be yeah. familiar with him, Brian Stewart. Right. But he, he is um, he is a saint among sinners. yeah. And he can't see it. I mean, some of his friends are absolutely hopeless, but he's, he's a lovely man. Yeah.
0: There are good people there. Absolutely. So when we talk about the Twitter files, did Elon Musk buy a crime scene in the sense that as we look at the incredible team of journalists that have examined the Twitter files, and it's been really quite a revelation as we've discovered that there is, in fact, uh, we have the receipts. We see all kinds of original documents around the systematic censure by so many U.S.-based agencies—18 of them, to be precise—among others, really um, holding back, censoring, cajoling all social media, including legacy media, to tell certain narrative. Like, if you think of COVID-19, it's it's shocking what we what what they uh, and in
1: collusion with the FBI and the CIA it,
0: it it is sickening and so what does that mean was that a surprise to you given uh, your well, experience it, uh, not so
1: much i mean uh, you know when they when they take the incumbent president of the United States and purport to ban him for life yeah while they're running unaltered uh, the most uh, uh, harum-scarum communiques of the Ayatollahs of Iran, for example I mean you know you' it's you know you're you've got a cesspool there yes. uh, i I may be slightly surprised at the failure of the FBI and the CIA to disguise at all their their mm-hmm. their role in that i mean the one of Thomas Jefferson's greatest not terribly well known achievements was setting up. West Point to make sure you had a non-political officer corps. Exactly. We, didn't, we didn't want to be like yeah. Latin America where the generals would take over the government all the time. And, and, and that's worked. I mean, the American generals have always been very careful politically. I mean, many of them have become presidents, but not, not by misusing their status in the military. Uh, and, and, um, and, and that was the, the entire absolutely uh, assured function uh, of of the intelligence agencies and the FBI and it, it is fashionable to heap denigration on J Edgar Hoover who was the head of the FBI and its predecessor organization for 48 years but J Edgar never interfered in a presidential election never and, uh, and 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 this 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 is a, a terrible thing if it, you know the two guardrails in the American system were that the court system never changes an apparent presidential election result. And on the other side, they don't indict ex-presidents. And now they've gone through the second guardrail. And the United States is going to have to be careful because if they don't roll back definitively, absolutely, and with a serious disincentive for it to come back, the politicization of the intelligence agencies and the FBI, it is not going to be a real democracy. Uh, I mean, and I'm not an alarmist, and I'm, despite the fact that I think I have more reason than most people to have my reservations about that country, I, I am actually rather an admirer of the United States. There's never in the history of the world been so, so successful a country. But, uh, and it's a magnificent country in many ways, as we all know.
0: So noted. So let's look at the state of democracy in Canada. How, how, well, it's, how it, it, are not we doing? A, it's
1: not, uh, we could put this right easily. I mean, look, we don't have a corruption of the system. The frightening thing is you get the government you deserve. We actually deserve what we're getting, and we should be conscious of that. But we also have the ability to change it, and I, I, I uh, it, 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 the, the Canadian problem, uh, I, I, you know, these are terribly complicated things, and I don't want to be glib about them, but it, it's been a one and a half party state most of my lifetime. When when uh, Sir Robert Borden uh, was going to impose conscription, Laurier said to him, look, if you just use your parliamentary majority, it's just the English forcing it on the French. The French have, don't have any mother f- country feeling for the English, because they're not English, or for the French, because as far as they're concerned, we're concerned, he said, Laurier. They just deserted us and stole everything but the roofs off our houses on the way out." Uh, and then the which is pretty much accurate by the way, and uh, only the clergy stayed behind and but if, it, it, so if you impose conscription on us, I will lose the leadership of the French Canadians to Henri Bourassa, and Quebec will just be waiting to secede. If you go through an election or a referendum, that will be enough democracy that I can keep the separatists back you 'll win and he didn't say this to Borden but he said it to Mackenzie King and Mr. Lapointe, his, his lieutenants, you know? he said he'll win all right but the conservatives won't win again for 50 years. And basically, if you look at it, from the next election, it was 1921, until the rise of Brian Mulroney 1984, 63 years, the liberals governed for 52 out of 63 years. In my opinion, the problem, the additional problem we had, as, just as a country, was the conservatives weren't conservative, and they, I mean, the federal ones, and and the conservative leader, uh, uh, Harper's an exception, but the conservative leader, even Brian was, uh, I mean, he cracked Quebec because he's he's like a French, I mean, he's, he's, his French is better than Cretans or John Turner or you know anybody except Pierre Trudeau, and and. uh, uh, but but he, he was a bit of a red Tory. I mean, he was to the right of the liberals, but, he, but you people in the West know that he, I mean, you know, he shouldn't have given that airplane contract to Montreal. He should have had it, you know, to the group here. But now, finally, we have a conservative leader who, uh, who is inspired by, uh, by, I mean, I've known him a long time here, uh, by Reagan and Thatcher and he's going to sell conservatism. He knows they're going to attack him in a f- fanatical frenzied way as being harsh and uncaring and nasty and uh, uh, you know, anti-abortion. Also, he'll, he'll, he'll knock all that down. He'll make the point that no needy person is gonna be deprived of anything they're getting now, but for the rest, He's selling greater liberty for every individual. I'm sure that's what he told you when he packed this house out, or wherever it was. You know, it'll be greater liberty for each individual. M- you have more control over what you do with your income, with what you earn. And that message, that message will sell. Uh, but we haven't had a Canadian to, who has who actually sold it like that. Harper was a genuine conservative, but he had, he had, he had good luck. It was his turn. And and uh, and the liberals had uh, you know a lot of problems. And he, he, you know, the Bloc had undermined them in Quebec. But he only, he, I think, he had four elections, and he only had a majority once. He was depending on the NDP and the Bloc taking enough from the Liberals. Uh, but it, Pierre, I think, will get a, a more a clearer mandate and an unambiguously but enlightened conservative mandate.
0: Very good. So Lord Black, as we uh, bring our far-reaching conversation to a close, I did want to ask you for some advice. As we're citizens gathered today and we've got people watching on Leaders on the Frontier, the program, what advice would you have to Canadians as you look to action? What can we do as citizens as we look to try to Renew and move this great country forward.
1: I'm a new citizen, you know. I don't feel qualified. But, you know, I, the, the, I'm. Just and indeed, the, I'm congratulations the, the, again. I'm the new kid on the block. It's not for me to tell you how to take out the garbage. Um, I, I won't give you advice. But I'll tell you what I'm doing, and I think we can all come to the same conclusion. If we just galvanize ourselves, think it through, don't get distracted by, to quote Mr. Reagan, the hemophiliac bleeding hearts, and, and vote for Poiliev's candidates, I think we'll get a good government, and I, and I think we'll get regime change in the U.S. too, and I think everything will run well for, from then on for at least four years. Uh, you can do a lot, you, can, you could fix this country up in four years. Okay.
0: Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you, Conrad Black, for joining us here for this very far-reaching conversation, for inspiring us with your insights, for challenging us, and for also sharing something about your personal story. And we want to thank you for your leadership and your courage and for joining us here today.
1: Well, David, I I, I want to thank you. And I, I want to thank all of you for coming. I have the greatest respect for Frontier College for all the reasons I said. You have been absolute. Pioneers, and, and I want to add again, it is always a pleasure to be back in Winnipeg.
2: Thank you for watching Leaders on the Frontier. We're a nonpartisan think tank. We explore ideas, policy, and practical solutions that can make a difference in the lives of Canadians. We do not accept any government funding. We work for you. Thank you for supporting Frontier. Visit fcpp.org to give. While you're there, be sure to check out our latest articles and research. Without open discussion and debate, you're not thinking, nor are you free. Comment below. We'd love for you to join the conversation.